It's another episode of Bits Over Broadway. Bits Over Broadway. And I am so sorry that I sound like shit, apparently. <laughs> Note from producer Mitch was, Connor, you sound Mitch. bad. <laughs> Not my fault. I am currently uh, cross country yet again. And I forgot my mic at home. Yay. We've, we've all been there. You're standing online for TSA. You're waiting to put your bags through. You're taking all Thank your you. tech out. And you're like... Your laptop's out and you're like, oh my God, my microphone for my podcast. My I can't believe I've forgotten it. And I have to be here 12 hours early. Right. I have actually had dreams about pulling my microphone out of my bag at Uh TSA and everybody in line laughing at me because they know that I have a podcast. (laughs) It's too revealing. And that is why we, that's why we on Bits Over Broadway check our bags. (laughs) That is correct. And that is also why I drove 12 hours to Illinois. I drove 12 hours to Illinois to forget my microphone that scared me uh, that TSA would find it. We've all been exactly. there. Who We've all been us? there. It, I, I am not just a liberal coastal elite. I am a man of the people. Oh, I can't. Let's, you speaking know, of liberal coastal speaking elite. Speaking of, let's get into the show for this week. Uh, this week, we are covering the prom. Specifically, movie. specifically the Netflix movie directed by Enemy of the Podcast, Ryan Murphy. Correct. Starring Enemy of the Podcast, James Corden. <laughs> uh, and potential and new enemy, enemy, enemy. <laughs> potential new enemy, Meryl Streep. I listen, I anything could happen. <laughs> hot take, hot take. Hot, hot take. I had a lot of feelings about this film, but before we get into it, it's the facts and figs. facts and figs i am obsessed with the fact that <laughs> producer mitch gave me just a little drop of emo serotonin right there um thank you producer mitch facts and figs the prom uh the prom has a screenplay by bob, by bob martin and chad begulin it is directed by enemy of the podcast <laughs> ryan murphy and it has music by matthew sklar and david klotz it is based on the broadway musical the prom by bob martin chad begulin and matthew sklar um, it has not been nominated for any awards, thank God. <laughs> um, the right, musical, however, was nominated for the 2019 Tonys with seven nominations, and it didn't win any. Mm. Um, it was released, it had a limited theatrical release before it hit Netflix on December 4th. I think it only made like $180,000 at the box office <laughs> for its limited theatrical release, which is I mean, in the best great. of times, <laughs> releasing a musical at the box office is a dicey thing to do in the midst of a pandemic i think not smart listen i'm not a media exec uh so what do i know i'm just a stupid bitch they only do that they must have only done that because they were gunning for like oscar had to have oh god can you and i want this on the record if this movie gets nominated for an oscar i'm leaving this earth this plane of existence i don't i'll just tr- drop so much acid i'm permanently incapacitated i don't care this and is insane. i will join you <laughs> um it hit netflix on december 11th and it has been going semi-weekly ever since um and just a quick synopsis for anyone who doesn't know anything about the show the prom is about a group of down-on-their-luck Broadway stars who shake up a small Indiana town as they rally behind a teen who just wants to attend prom with her girlfriend. Yes. It's a um, 
It's a premise that I want to like. So this is my question. <laughs> Only one? <laughs> Only, okay, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. Number one, when you go to prom, because I don't fully remember uh-huh. because high school was literally 10 years yeah. ago for us. Um, did you have to like declare who you were taking as your date? I just thought you went and like bought two tickets and that was now, it. Now, here's what I'll tell you about our prom. You didn't even buy tickets. So, okay. so for my podunk ass prom, no, we didn't tell anyone anything about anything at all. Um, because I technically had, I technically took two girls to prom mm-hmm. two years mm-hmm. in a row. And then I took my friend back, mm-hmm. friend of the pod. Um, but the two girls that I took the first times that I went to prom, I was going, they were like our cover and I was going with my boyfriend. Right. And I think that kind of happened at my school as well. I remember that, yeah. but it wasn't because the, I don't think it was because the administration told them they couldn't. I think it was more it was self-protection, right. Or, or parents yeah, or yeah. whatever it is. Like you don't want to be told, no, you can't go to the prom with your right. girlfriend or boyfriend. So you just don't. You, you just don't ask you just make it something else right and like i remember dancing with my boyfriend at the prom and we had no yeah. issues okay so let's di- i want to start off uh another disclaimer much like our cats film disclaimer i was not sober while watching this film <laughs> um this fucker clocks in at like two hours 12 two minutes hours it is so long. I literally have notes where I'm like, oh, okay, we're still going. Wait, we still have another hour we, left. We paused this quite a bit. Um, lots of things were happening as I made producer Mitch watch this with me um, as things were happening. And like every time we paused, it, I was like, well, surely we've covered at least an hour and a half. And it would be like, you're 30 minutes in. <laughs> I was like, right. no. Because like the, the thing with this movie is that like the plot structure is so psychotic like literally like the big like twist or like the the most bottom point of the show comes halfway through yeah and also um what emotions was i ever supposed to be feeling at any point and in this musical literally like i you go from highs to lows so it's like whiplash yeah. in terms of your emotional and like i just journey. i just felt like overall it was very one note like and again, I was not sober, so let's take this into account. But it felt very like everything was on the same level. I knew I was supposed to be sad because they were being dramatic and sad on screen, but I felt sure. nothing. I felt nothing at all. Now, could that be because the actress who played Emma only cried or was only looked sad like one time the entire yeah. show? The rest of the movie, she was smiling through her trauma. And whom amongst us hasn't been there? Um, she <laughs> looks like if Drew Barrymore and Elizabeth Moss had a child. Yes, absolutely. That first, that first scene of her where it like spins around her face and her face is like revealed. I was like, oh, Drew Barrymore, exactly. And then a little more acting happened, and I was like, okay, Elizabeth Moss. Also, I'd love to see her cry to a slowed down pop song. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> we are living in the beginning of handmade handmade tale. So um, we, I like literally when you see her standing next to Key and Michael Key at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, Drew Barrymore is in this. Literally same, and then I was like, Drew Barrymore is much older than this young woman. <laughs> I literally thought the exact same thing. I was like, Drew Barrymore is on this one? You'd think she'd get top billing. <laughs> You'd think she'd bill before right? Keegan-Michael Key. 
No, my brain was like, thought? oh, a new person. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Um, I just also need to start by saying that um, Ryan Murphy <laughs> needs to be kept away from all queer media for the rest of eternity. Yeah. I think my, here's my proposal. Okay. I think that we need to hogtie Ryan Murphy, <laughs> throw him into the ocean, and if he can make it back to shore, then we can let him make another gay movie. I, I but like it. No, like Napoleon. Never, yeah, like yeah. Napoleon, exactly. He has never seen a gay person that he doesn't want to hate crime, and he is a gay person. Yeah, you sell, the self-hate is real. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I'm so fucking over this bullshit. It is. Let's just jump in, because wow, I've got notes for days on this. Uh, so we start with I I gotta say the beginning was tricky. I thought that I would like it. I had been warned that I that this was a tough watch. And right. when we, when it first started, we open on uh sorry, ignoring the first scene which sets up that the prom is being canceled because right. of this lesbian wants to take her girlfriend and the school is like, well, we can't keep you away from the prom. That's discriminatory. So we'll just cancel the prom for everyone that surely won't make you an outcast or a pariah no, not at this all. is a good decision um we're parents we're smart and good and we know what we're, we're parents doing. and we know the, what's best even if it's uh, traumatizing for other children we're actually yeah. so smart we're actually really good at um, so the no the scene where we're seeing the opening of eleanor right uh which is yeah. a play about the former first lady eleanor roosevelt played by meryl streep uh who is dd uh, something yeah and then D.D. Allen. Allen that's right and then James Corden plays FDR and his character's name is Barry maybe I think it's Barry um okay I referred to him throughout and in my notes as James Corden <laughs> I also did as well I could not tell you a single character's name except for Meryl mm-hmm. Streep Emma and Alyssa and that's it. yeah what's Nicole Kidman's name oh I do know I know Andrew Rannells is Trent. Oh, okay. Trent Oliver. And that's it. And we've now exhausted. What is the principal's name? I don't know. It's Keegan Michael Key. Keegan Michael Key. Literally don't know. Could not tell you. Carrie Washington's name? Carrie is Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington. (laughs) No one is acting in this film. They're all just wearing sparkly outfits (laughs) and being themselves. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And wearing terrible wigs. Connor, the wigs. (laughs) Meryl Streep's wig should be put down humanely euthanized her bag what in that color i mean it's good in the terms of faded actress but woof the wig was thirsty (laughs) it was a dry dry wig also james corden's mother's wig she walked on not that little wig and glasses (laughs) i i just wrote in my notes horrible wig and i underlined it horrible wig terrible wigs what did i write down oh i was so I was so mad about that fucking mom. Not his mom is a short woman in a mauve sweater and a bad wig. <laughs> I can't. Same thing. That wig was so bad. Tracy Ullman, why they do that to you? Honestly, you have Netflix money. You should be able to you afford good wigs. You have Ryan Murphy money. Get better wigs, brother. Get better wigs. <laughs> I, Queer icon my I ass. Okay. So, um, I did. So I did like the opening. They, they're they like, this is why I'm an actor. And they're doing this making yeah. fun of actors song we love. Um, and then they get the reviews. The entire movie is them making fun of them. Is Broadway making fun of it? Kind of. But then they go and do shit where Keegan-Michael Key seems like a very earnest ballad about how Broadway saves. Yeah. Like, it's so... It wants to be self-deprecating, but then it just can't 
fucking help but get high on its own farts. Like yeah. it's so annoying. <laughs> Drives me nuts. I feel that. Um, so they get the bad reviews. The, their show is stupid and bad. Uh okay, hilarious. Wait, just to, for, for a second talk about fucking James Corden's accent. What and what accent is it? Is what I wrote. Is that what he thinks gay people talk is that like? What he think, why, why is he American? Just be British. Just be British. Just be British. You don't have to do. You'd sound gayer if you talked in a British accent. <laughs> We'd all assume that you were gay if you were talking in a Thank British you. accent. You could actually pass if you talked in an accent. Yeah, his accent is not good at best. Like it's spotty. At certain points, it sounds like he's speaking Irish, mm-hmm. like in an Irish mm-hmm. dialect. Because, like, I was completely thrown off by it. Yeah, he's not good enough at the. Just be just don't do the american accent you're no nicole kidman you know you're no nicole thank you thank you you like for the longest time i never would have clocked nicole as australian never Never. you know why because she's an accent queen she is a she is an american tom cruise taught her (laughs) thank you locked her in a closet (laughs) until she spoke like an american (laughs) just sliding (laughs) hot dogs under the crack in the door Feast, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a lint-covered hot dog for Dini. Oh, that lint-covered. <laughs> and the only way, the only water she gets is the leftover hot yeah, dog water. Exactly. Just in a little petri dish, he's sliding a yeah. little pickle jar lid full of hot dog water. He's just edging underneath the closet door. Correct. Anyway, that's how you learn American English. It's just eat a lot of dogs. Just eat a lot this, of hot dogs. And this is the prom that we're talking about. <laughs> The oh point God. the point I'm trying to make is that James Corden's accent's bad is what what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Correct. Um so they get the reviews that their show sucks shit, everyone hates it, uh and that they're yeah. going to close essentially the day that they clearly open. Brant- clearly Brantley hated the show. <laughs> yeah. In all but name. And um they're like oh no, we're washed up celebrities. I really loved the introduction of Trent as the guy who yeah. uh talks about Juilliard way too much. I thought the timing on that was great. Uh, yes. I also really liked so like this first little bit I was like okay maybe I like this you know it was, it right. was more it, self-deprecating it was kind of poking fun I really loved the we need an issue and then Andrew Rannell says poverty and James Corden says too big that really made me laugh for some reason um, but every other line James Corden delivered was not funny at to be clear no. not funny at all like is he is he good at comedy? Because this movie would lead me to believe he is not. Exactly. Literally, after that moment, every other comedic moment came from every, uh, Yes. Every other line he delivered, I was like, oh, that is supposed to be a joke. And you just delivered it not as a joke. It's Completely so terribly. bad. He's too... I identified the problem as he's too earnest and he's not like smarmy and weaselly enough. Yes. You need you like you need someone that you're like, oh, I mean, I don't know why Andrew Rannells didn't play that part. That is the perfect part for Andrew Rannells. Thank you. Fucking thank you. I'm so like, this is my thing. And I and we're going to get into this debate because we fucking yeah, have sure. to. James Corden, I feel like maybe what was happening was because of the fact that he is a straight man playing a flamboyant gay person. He was too caught up in trying to be sincere to Mm -hmm. that than playing the campiness of like how a gay person like or or how a flamboyant gay actor would play that role. And it and that's why you don't give that role to James fucking Corden. You give it to an actual gay actor who can 
make those mm-hmm. that campiness. Yeah, play the camp and the queerness will come through. Exactly. Like, that's why you don't let a fucking straight man like James Corden play I that role. I literally didn't know that James Corden's character was supposed to be gay until they're like on the bus to Indiana. Truly did not know. Right. Like he walked in and he's like, I'm gay. I'm as gay as a bucket of wigs. I was like, oh, okay. And then I started noticing the like insane lisps he's adding and like just the yes. most bananas portrayal of a gay person. But I really truly thought he was playing a straight person for a good part of the first part of the show. It was weird. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was just, I, yeah, I agree. He was being way too earnest with the performance and Andrew Randall should have been in that role or find a plus size gay actor to play that role. Yeah. Yeah. Or that, like, I just mean that like the sarcasm and the cuttingness that, that you need, I feel right. like he could deliver or yeah, I would love to see a plus size actor there or I don't know, Billy Eichner could probably, maybe not the lead, but he could take Andrew Randall's role. Anyway, I would have cast this much differently right. <laughs> Absolutely. in that, in that, um, in that respect, I did love the I'll just call Steve Sondheim referring to Steven Sondheim as Steve Sondheim of uh, the height of comedy to me. I did. I did think that was very that's funny. so funny. Andrew Reynolds, Andrew Reynolds was a very his he I mean, he's always a really good comedic yeah. actor. So he did have some really good parts. Yeah. In it. I'll watch him read the phone book. I, I like Andrew Reynolds a lot. I find him very compelling and oh, fun absolutely. to watch on screen. Um, and I thought he helped push along that scene like he he was the comedy of all of that which and i don't think he was supposed to be the only comedic relief i think they're all supposed to be very funny and i was just kind of like exactly whatever i love nicole kidman's just like milf i'm just here to have a good time the right the character arc from nicole kidman was like milf actress to mom at the prom in three days she full she went full mom like the development there in the span and the span of like three minutes too because she's, she's barely on yeah screen. as we discussed off mic she was on set for 12 hours or she was on set for 12 hours and she was on screen for two like exactly and she was <laughs> filming for two of those hours truly she's not in this movie i we went long stretches of time where i was like now what is nicole kidman doing and then we'd cut to her and she'd be wearing her little hat and just like hanging out with the teens she is literally there to just do that one fossey number and like that's it and Oh, okay. We can't. We can't skip ahead. We got. Oh, I can't talk about okay. that Fosse number. Z- not Zaz. Not Zaz. Not Zaz. You just need Zaz. Why? Just stop saying. Stop saying Zaz. Just stop saying Zaz, <laughs> please. Okay. Um. I. I. This note is inscrutable. I wrote lesbian hat, lesbian bears. Oh, I know. It's the girl. She wears her little lesbian hat. Um. Yeah. She wears her little her little, her little hat in school, which is how we know she's different because someone else is wearing a hat. Um, I personally, uh, now I'm uh-huh. old, so maybe the rules have changed. You couldn't wear a hat in school when I was in school. We were not allowed to wear hats in school either. That's against the rules. It always takes me out of it when people are just like blatantly wearing whatever they want at school. Like that's not allowed. You can't wear a shirt that short at school. You can't. Your shorts have to be longer than that. You can't wear a tank top Thank to you. school. You can't wear a hat Thank to you. school. <laughs> Listen, I get it. We're all living in a fantasy world, but I'd like a right. little realism, Ryan. Ryan Murphy, creator of Glee, an iconic high school show. You should know the rules. Um, I did write James Corden is bad at comedy, question mark. <laughs> James Corden is bad at comedy, Um, though I will say 
they this mo this movie does have very funny moments yeah. like story about Meryl Meryl's character getting mad because somebody's cell phone was going off and it was her own cell yeah. phone and her wig yes that was very that funny. was the line that I was like oh that's supposed to be a funny line and and it was your own wig yeah. that one I was like that should be really funny and James Gordon delivered that like it was a fucking ton of bricks it was right but the story was incredible, the story is incredible. she's very clearly like modeled after patty lapone i think a little bit yeah um a little bit like harsher take on patty (laughs) but but no i i yeah that one it really had some strong funny moments and then it would just like undercut itself with bullshit right really like the like the part the part when they're checking into the Mm -hmm. hotel and Carol's like where's my suite Mm -hmm. and he says we don't have a suite and then she pulls the tony out and puts it on the desk like that was so fucking funny i cackled for like the entire scene and then james corton pulled out the drama desk award and i was like this isn't near this does not reach that level of comedy at all right and that he's a worse actor because he only has a drama desk but again i think a lot of that is james corton i don't think james corton can pull that off if you have someone right the timing's a little bit faster with better chemistry with meryl streep i think that could have landed like it was a perfect hit but it wasn't because james corton is potentially a very bad actor Everyone is going to cancel us because they're going to be like, James Corden has a show where he's paid to be funny. And we're like, okay, yeah, I <laughs> who, who are we? Just two dumbasses on the internet. <laughs> no one's paying me to be very funny. So Thank it's you. like, who's better? Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> me doing great comedy for free or James Corden getting paid to do bad comedy. I could also be paid to do bad comedy. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> Thank you. We all are. I will lower my bar on how good I am at comedy for money. You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Give us money and we will be bad at comedy. <laughs> we'll do whatever you want. <laughs> um, I do need to know what kind of fucking PTA meetings these are. I've never seen a PTA meeting like this in my life. I need to know how does this PTA have so much power over this school? <laughs> They are the administration. I'm relatively sure that the prom doesn't fall under the it, jurisdiction of a PTA. It doesn't, which they kind of make that point, but then they're like, well, we're just saying that it does. <laughs> like, right. Okay. Um, I'm like, I'm relatively sure that you don't, but okay, yeah. Carrie Washington. Um, Speaking of Carrie and Washington. Let's, and let us. Can we all just agree Um. Carrie Washington's cheekbones. <laughs> and then seconded, yeah. The motion passes. Carrie's cheekbones. <laughs> Carrie's cheekbones. Thank you. They woke up and they said, we will be the star today. She's, and they were. She's the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen. She's just so beautiful. I wanted. I didn't even, even believe that she was, she was like, mad because she's just too pretty. <laughs> she's too pretty. She's too pretty to, to be, be mad. I, to be hateful. I wanted her on screen so much yeah. more. Like, I wanted so much more of the mm-hmm. mom, even though she's like the public bigot. Yeah. Because Carrie Washington is such a good fucking actor. Yes. And she's so pretty mm-hmm. that I'm like, I want to see more of this character. I would have loved to see more of that character to make her less one note. I would have yeah, loved absolutely. to see, like, how i don't know i just would have loved more development of her character not to say not to like two sides bigots just to have not a flat shitty easy to defeat villain i guess right she was very flattened Mm -hmm. and i feel like the most uh development about the mom we got was when Alyssa sings her song Mm -hmm. uh like how she has to be perfect and her mom holds her up to so such high standards mm-hmm. and i wish that we could have seen that a little bit yeah. more kind show, of show, don't, don't tell. tell yeah 
you know, that thing that people tell us to do when we're writing. I think part of it was they wanted the reveal to be like, oh, this bigot is actually the girlfriend's mom. And that's fine. But you can still like then after that reveal, you need more. Just it's so easy to drop in her asking about her homework or extracurriculars or whatever that's this movie's two hours long we could have slid some of those in there and that's the thing is that i think this movie spends this movie feels like it's about the broadway people more so than it's about emma it is about the broadway people period absolutely and like i don't care about them as Mm -hmm. much yeah i want to know more about like like, and I understand that, like, the teen story with the prom and, like, all the coming out stuff, it definitely falls into, like, the sort of, like, gay trauma porn that we've been dealing with a lot, where it's the coming out movies and everything is so traumatic and you have all this pain from coming out and all that kind of thing. But, like, I just found that story so much more compelling than these actors who are just kind of, like, dropping into, yeah. like, discover their own way to heal their own traumas. They, I have this note further down. They burdened these children, these adults burdened these children with so much baggage. It's unbelievable. This child is like their therapist. Like, she is a child. Stop. And she's going through an extremely (laughs) traumatic moment in her her time. But I think that's all, that's like what the movie is trying to say. But I feel like it doesn't do it in a good way. I don't know. Yeah, I, as once we got to the tango okay so they're at the pta meeting where they're further debating whether or not they can have a prom and the celebrities and um some christian rock camp teens who were on the bus with them what is it mission people uh the cast of godspell Godspell. yes so they because Andrew Reynolds' right. character is like a, supposed to be in a non-equity tour, and then That's like right. they never address that again. They say something like, "Oh, the tour got canceled." So I like, missed, I missed that comment. Okay, incredible. I just thought they were randos on the bus that the celebrities scooped up with them. Um, oh no, because like they say, like because Andrew Reynolds is like, "Well, I booked this tour of Godspell, and you guys can all ride the bus to Indiana with us." And I'm like, I'm relatively sure that tour buses are not Greyhounds. And there's only six people in the cast of Godspell, so it works out perfectly. There's no understudies. Okay, that explains a lot. Um, I up to the so they burst into the PTA meeting with their signs, and they're like, "We're here, we're queer, and we're gonna have a prom." Um, We're liberals from Broadway, which which was supposed to be a joke, I think. Right? I think it. I think it landed. Okay. Is it supposed to be a joke like they're in on the joke or they're they're not? Okay, they are in on the joke. I think so. Because sometimes, like, I couldn't tell tonally throughout this film. There were times when I was like, I don't think they're... I don't think that this joke is the joke I think it is. Like, I'm reading we're liberals from Broadway as being a deprecating thing. Like, we're liberals from Broadway and we think we know everything. And that's making fun of themselves. But I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was said as like, that's right, your worst nightmare, liberals from Broadway. And that was the joke. Yeah. Like, I couldn't tell which of those it was. And that was a common theme throughout the film, throughout the movie. I agree. I definitely think there are a lot of jokes throughout the movie where that happens. Um, because I even asked him, like, throughout the whole, like, activist thing with the actors, mm-hmm. I'm constantly questioning what is the point of this story arc? Because like, are you saying, are you like trying to make fun of like 
this whole like idea of like coastal elites yes. or are you trying to just like show like this is how you are not supposed to be an ally yeah i could not figure it out for the fucking life of me throughout this production right. um although I did love that um, Meryl Streep starts singing this tango number. It's not about me or whatever. Um, That there are spotlights set up in this gym, uh, that there are students at the PTA who know how to run the spots and who know instinctively that it's time to go run the spots, (laughs) like climbing the tower, the ladders as they start spotlighting Meryl Streep. They do a really interesting thing with the music numbers in this Mm -hmm. show where it's almost like the music numbers are actually diegetic yes. where like they're actually occurring in the yes. world of the show, yes. as opposed to like the normal musical theater thing where like, it's kind of stepping outside of the show mm-hmm. and it's like the heightened emotion yeah. of the moment. Yeah. And I kind of liked that. I thought that was really I cool. I did too. I thought it was fun and campy and um, leaned into the, they're brought every, they're making everything a show because that's right. who they are as actors. Um, exactly. It's like there's that moment where um, uh, Meryl Streep sings the song to Keegan Michael Key in his mm-hmm. office and acknowledge that she just performed a yes. number in the middle of the yes. office and that kind of thing. And then there's the one where Andrew Rannells is in the mall singing to the teenagers mm-hmm. at a basic mm-hmm. number. And like there's an audience yes. around that like surrounds them while they're yes. performing. I thought, I thought that was a really interesting way of approaching like the musical yes. members of the show. I would agree. I, I liked that part, that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, okay. I do live for an Ava Perone bit. Um, cause oh, that yeah. is true. Uh, don't cry for me, Argentina. And at one point Meryl Streep calls herself a gay positive icon, which is yes. maybe the funniest line of dialogue ever written. Um, I'm a gay right. positive icon. What does that mean? I love it. Uh, there was too much CGI in this movie. Really? In what aspect? I just thought there was weird shit that they CGI'd in that they didn't like the monster trucks and the beginning, like the opening of in New York. Lots of I don't know. There was just some weird stuff that I was like, you could just do you could just do this regular. You could do this practically. You don't need to do this computery. I do know that um, this the street, which number one for anyone who has never been to new york broadway is not a street i mean broadway is a street but like broadway the concept like the great white way is not a street it is a loose grouping of several blocks in midtown of right correct (laughs) um and for some reason this music this movie painted broadway as a single street (laughs) it's the broadway it's the broadway um and uh I do know from like promo shoots or something like that. And like people talking about like the production of the movie that that was actually a set okay. that was like, on a soundstage. Okay, great. All right. Um, well, that's good. I do know that the monster trucks were CGI because I was mad about it. Um, <laughs> but I guess who could go to a monster truck rally? Although I would love to see Andrew Reynolds legitimately perform at a monster truck rally. Uh, that If you want to get me to go to a monster truck rally, it- Tell me Andrew Reynolds will be there. I'm going to be there. I'm ready. Um, My tickets are already bought and I have a plane ready to go. (laughs) So that was him pitching that they could just sing that song as like a benefit. And then the problem is solved. Correct. Basically. Yes. Again, not sober. The premise of this movie is that they're going to help how by bringing attention to the cause. They're going to sing a song. They're going to do a show. I don't know. And that's the that's the thing is that I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. And they're never like working on it. 
in order to like get the prom back on maybe Mm -hmm. we're doing this like weird makeover sequence with james corden and emma but no one else is like organizing a production right but like then they do the whole thing at the monster truck rally and they're like we're gonna sing a song about tolerance and it's like what is this accomplishing because you're not speaking to the people who are like causing the direct problem which i think is the point of that number or that's like the theory behind it but it doesn't play like that at all and it doesn't feed into a larger like we never see andrew reynolds come back and as like blatant as this would be be like well that was a bad idea or like somehow somehow connect why that happened to what (laughs) whatever the fuck else is going on right do right Right. So far, yeah. James Corden's the only person directly helping Emma, and he's helping her in the worst, most stereotypical way. But at least he is directly affecting her life. Yeah. Meryl Streep's just there to fuck Keegan Michael Key, and Nicole Kidman's—I don't know—doing blow and drinking wine. What the hell is she doing? It's <laughs> Literally, we have no idea. We have no idea where she is. The entire she, movie. Just, she just pops up to put on a little hat and do a little dance. Unreal. And then at the end, she's like, I'm playing Roxy Hart in Chicago. And we're like, cool. You've been in this movie for all of three minutes. But I'm I do care about your struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, uh, I know this is going back at the top. They were like, who's playing Roxy this week or something like that. They were making yeah. a joke about how the lead is always someone, some random like reality show star these days i thought that was really fun i was reading in the vulture um review of the movie that they thought that was really ironic because the um the original cast of the prom from broadway wasn't brought onto the movie because they wanted to replace everyone with celebrities Mm -hmm. they're like oh well that's a joke about how they're replacing yeah and yeah i don't know i don't know if they were like doing that i don't know how intentional that was but (laughs) it works for him um it does work i need to get it on the record that Mm -hmm promposals as an idea uh is not a thing okay Um, and for people that it is a thing for it's stupid and they're not this insane right number one (laughs) how dare you because i did do a promposal gross gross (laughs) and it was not an ally you're a gay negative icon it was extremely bad and stupid but uh uh, when I took Beck to prom, uh-huh. I invited them over to my house to mm-hmm. like hang out or something. And in my front yard, I wrote in shaving cream on the grass prom question mark gotcha. so that they would see that when they came up. Okay. So I guess day. I should clear it up for future generations. I think prom proposals are insane. <laughs> um, I'm talking about like, I'm talking about these children, these children who are like, and I've heard, uh, you know, we've read articles. I don't know how prominent these promposals right. are because the the media i sound like i'm fucking 65 on am radio that's okay <clears throat> but news outlets like to look at something that's crazy and be like this is what all teens do yeah <laughs> one person ate a tide pod so now all teens eat tide pods you Basically, fucking idiots yeah. um promposals were not a thing in my school you just asked someone to go to prom or you were dating them and it was assumed i just right. like I find them baffling in terms of singing and dancing and elaborate schemes. It's like you y'all aren't putting this much work into asking people to marry you. This is prom. <laughs> prom is very important. Mm, uh, According to all high school media that I have ever consumed, prom is the most important thing that could ever happen in your life. I'm <laughs> I am very upset that uh Keegan Michael Key and Meryl Streep are implied to be romantically intertwined why it 
freaked me out. I didn't like it. (laughs) Really? He likes her, but he only likes the characters she's played. I don't know. It was weird. I didn't care for it at all. That was a weird moment when he was like, I thought you were going to be Dolores. And she's like, who's Dolores? And he's like, the woman that you were in this play that I saw you in. Like, I'm I'm on Team Meryl there. Like, fuck you, dude. I'm an actress. That's gross. I wasn't necessarily bothered by it. I thought Keegan-Michael Key of most of them was like one of the more, he's obviously one supposed to be a down to earth character, but I oh, felt yeah. like he was like a really, um, he was a good like moral center of the show. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a nice job of making him the most grounded. And then his yeah. one like vice is being a stand for Broadway musicals. Yeah. But I didn't need the like teary eyed, you have to act because that's what keeps me going. Like, right. We can't be, we can't be like, actors are stupid and everything sucks and then be like in the same breath i mean literally the same breath that we're making fun of meryl street for being like worship me praise me we're like okay but i don't know i just was annoyed to be fair having a theater kid sing about how much they love theater in an applebee's (laughs) is incredibly cutting and that is theater kid culture (laughs) if it had been a Denny's it would have been an attack an open open assault on our people frankly so that's all I'm saying is that I totally get like the mm-hmm. whole like theater mm-hmm. kids. We love theater mm-hmm. so much that we're going yeah. to fucking like yeah. sing about if it. In that, if that speech had taken place at a steak and shake, I would have felt uh, personally attacked. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I was I like it was kind of a weird moment because like they have been they have spent so much time making fun of like DD throughout the movie. But then I'm also like not mad about it. But right. um I just I think it goes back to the structure of the show because the structure is so weird mm-hmm. and the pacing is so bizarre. Yeah, I just don't ever understand. I feel like the four not the four leads because we barely hear from Nicole or Andrew yeah. Reynolds. Um but I feel like Meryl and James are both at several points give more than one dramatic monologue like a literal monologue that you would pull from a book and audition with (laughs) they felt that rote and boring and uninterested like i was not moved at all by any of their problems i don't know what your problem is but you are annoying to me because i know you're doing acting and trying to get me to feel something and i feel fucking nothing exactly Um, I did like when uh, Meryl Streep's character like pointed to her ring. She did she did something like all this, <laughs> the cat purred while pointing to herself. That yes. really made me laugh. Um, so shout out Meryl Streep's great. I mean, I I really well, like I her. She's a her. good actress. I just did not care for this show. Yeah, no, I feel okay. Like what is Emma's whole childhood deal? I was not functioning okay, so processing she, that correctly. Who does she, she live with? Out- she came out to her parents and they, Keegan Michael Key said that they threw her out of the house yes. at 16 years old. And now she lives with her grandmother and her okay. grandmother is accepting of her being gay. Okay. So, and, and that is relayed to James Corden because that's how we find out James Corden's family. Also, he left. They were not yeah. accepting and he ran away. And he ran away mm-hmm. because they tried to send him to conversion therapy. Also, I, mm, I guess we'll get to it, but that whole storyline of you have to reconnect with your family 
Yeah. What <laughs> you'll regret it. I was like, mm, that's like the opposite of all of the standard advice, which is that's your family's problem. And when they can accept who you are, then they can reach out. They're the ones who should have regrets, not you. You're being and yourself. You not be on the trauma victim. <laughs> You make amends with the person who caused no, the who caused the trauma. That's insane. Like, I just thought that that whole and I was waiting for that to be said. I was yeah. hoping they were setting Meryl Streep's character up to learn that lesson of James Gordon saying, it's not my job to reach out. And he right. kind of did. But then he does. And then the mom comes and then they reconcile. And right. The, he brings the mom to the prom. Anyway, we'll get to it. But um, <laughs> I just found that storyline a little bit. I didn't love it. Yeah, it was rough. It, was yeah. not, it wasn't my favorite handling of gay trauma, but it was probably <laughs> one of my least favorite handlings of gay trauma. <laughs> there have been worse for sure. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so that's her whole deal. Um, I, I like that actress who plays her grandma. I can't remember yeah. what her name is now, but I like her and everything I've seen her in. Absolutely. She's very fun. She was very funny. Um, and I felt like she was a really, even though she's only in the one scene, I thought yeah. she was like a great. She was uh, the perfect. She was great. She was, was killing it. Yeah, it, She killed it immediately. Um, I think the song that follows after that, the life's, uh, or one thing's universal, life's no dress rehearsal. Okay. Um, I think that's the best number in the entire show. What happens during that? It's the it's like the one where they're doing the prom montage where they're like getting the dress and they're getting ready to go to prom. And then yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. like some of the kids are at the prom and they're like driving Emma to the school okay. before the big reveal. Um, and that number, like literally number one, the choreography in the show is so fucking fun yeah it's really good very really high energetic. school musical at some very points. high school musical but also like super energetic yeah. and like very like big uplifting. dance numbers big, big dance group numbers. dance numbers Absolutely which i liked it. but also added uh, to the time yes uh <laughs> <laughs> added to the time just a bit but like i i thought like that number was so fun to listen to and then completely undercut by well like not completely because like i guess like you do have to have like the build that moment like the build and then the tension re is released by her being her finding out that she's mm -hmm. not actually being invited to the prom but um, i think what i think i totally get what you mean and i think for me it's because we don't spend any time with emma she's in yeah. this montage and people are talking about her but we're not getting to spend any time with who she is as a character exactly. so the moment doesn't hit for us when she's like pranked at the prom because we don't really care about emma as a character like right. we don't see her hopes and dreams for this i mean like we kind of do with her swim that number right at the beginning where yeah. um the people put the lesbian bears in her locker yeah and it's revealed who her girlfriend is and then she's like on the swim team and she's talking about don't be gay in indiana whatever right but we're not spending any emotional time with emma and right. i feel like that's why the moment at the prom doesn't hit very hard because it's like why should yeah. we care that you got stood i mean i care in a large sense but i don't care about you as a character it doesn't have any emotional punch because i don't know you you know exactly because we spent so much time with the broadway people and barely like any time with emma right. apart from like, two or three scenes mm -hmm. and then all of the emotional stuff with emma that we get is in the second half of the movie yeah. after this like very traumatic moment mm -hmm. and it doesn't like, it doesn't flow well together. It's kind of like a weird 
like character arc for mm-hmm. this to go on for her to have her lowest moment in the middle of the show yeah when we like don't we're really not that emotionally attached to her it's just no it's really and we don't bizarre. understand we don't understand the emotional weight that this moment has for her right. we don't understand like i would love to know how all this national attention affects her and yes. we don't talk about That's any a- of that we don't talk about any like how she's been received in the town how she's received right. at school like in, in my estimation, like my view of this movie, she's a relatively normal kid, maybe not super popular, but not actively bullied or singled right. out. She just was told no by the PTA that she couldn't bring a girl to prom. Right. But like we don't talk and and her whole childhood deal. But then it's kind of covered up as, well, her parents were shitty, but her grandma's great. Like, right. I, I don't have any context for how she's exi- she just seems like a nice like little doll with a pretty smile. Yeah. She's kind of just this like blank slate, blank slate that is just kind of moving through the the action of the show. That's just being burdened by other people's baggage. She's just going around collecting these celebrity traumas. And I, it was that was like something that was so weird. Like the moment when they were dropping her off at the school before she finds out that she's not invited to the real prom, and they like threw a fake prom for her, like. This they had it got really weird for me when they're like she's talking to all the people in the parking lot like all the celebrities and they're like oh she's like I love you guys and I'm like this relationship is so weird because they have spent all of five minutes with her yeah it was very end of Wizard of Oz like and two Tin Men you gave me courage (laughs) whatever the fuck (laughs) I got creeped out by it I was like. I don't this I the, I I don't know what this relationship yeah. is but it just doesn't make any sense to me and it's bizarre and uh-huh. I like maybe it translates on the stage but it just did not translate to the It screen. was weird cuz I was like oh you've only hung out with James Corden that's it yeah. that's the only person you have context for Meryl Streep's been trying to fuck your principal and god no and yeah. Andrew so Randall's been at the monster truck <laughs> Lord knows where Nicole has gone um so yeah so she walks into the gym and it's just the prince it's just keegan michael key and like yeah. one sad disco ball and three streamers and he's like i'm sorry they that no one showed up and they found out that they threw two proms one for all the rest of the students so and then one for every her. kid in town was in on this prank the pta just called up all the kids and said time to lie yeah this isn't gonna like- get out okay okay uh <laughs> Sure, sure, Jan. Um, uh-huh. That was so annoying. And then Nicole Kidman, as I said before, goes from milf chick to mom at the prom in less than a week. Like that's the thing. There's so yeah. little time that none of these relationships feel real. I'm like, why would she be? Yeah. But then you know what? Listen, I'll take it back. I've seen Queer Eye. Those people get way into your business way too fast. Oh, absolutely. Karamo's got people crying their fucking eyes out in his truck two days in. So what do I know about <laughs> Nicole Kidman? Exactly. Um, uh, I hate that page boy cap that she wears. Um, Nicole Kidman. They oh, yeah. are oh Emma's room is palatial. It's oh, like enormous. I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know my apartment. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how many like young adult movies or like teen coming of age movies you've watched recently mm-hmm. within like the past few years. But I don't understand this like theme it's like a trope where in all of these coming of age movies recently the teens rooms are like the 
coolest fucking room I've ever seen in my goddamn life. I need representation for the kids whose moms didn't let them tack stuff to the walls because it would make holes in the walls. It would make holes in the walls. Those are my people. (laughs) I had to use sticky tack to hang any posters on my wall. I just couldn't hang posters. And at one point, my mom said that I couldn't that I couldn't hang pictures on the wall because tape would pull, pull the, the paint, paint off. off. Yeah. So I had to put pictures on the posters that were being held up by ta- by sticky tack. And where's our representation where's on screen? Our representation? <laughs> For once, I wish that someone's mom who cares about the drywall would be in these movies. Thank you. God, am I asking for the world piece here? No, no. No. All these coming of age movies are like a kid has a giant like uh what's it California king size bed plus yes. a little reading nook plus a full table and gaming setup. Like Right. What? What where are my twin bed folks at? Like little cramped sharing a room with your sister. I was in a twin bed until like fucking junior year of <laughs> high school. Representation is important. Thank um, you. My brother slept in like his the bottom half of a bunk bed until he certainly was too tall for it. Like his feet were Ooh. hanging off the end of it for sure. Oh my god! Please, I yeah. Her room is enormous. I could not oh, yeah. get over it. Um, there. So she, Emma, and Nicole Kidman are sitting on the bed eating ice cream, and then Nicole Kidman dips her two fingies into the ice cream, just scoops <laughs> it out and directly into her mouth. She did. I didn't even see that. I was, was like, she's like, it was like some lesson of like, loosen up, kid. I'm like, get your fingers out of my Ben and Jerry's, Nicole. Get out of I didn't here. <laughs> realize she did that holy shit it was fucked up i was disturbed and she's like <laughs> it's not sexual but it putting your fingers in your mouth is a weird thing to do yeah, yeah especially around the teenager don't do that it was it was i personally wouldn't have made that choice um and then she sings this song about zazz not zazz oh zazz. god the worst version of zip zap zap i've ever seen <sighs> what was the point of that song be chill be it chill was, it was it was her like trying to tell emma to like find the strength inside her to like do the, because essentially this is like the point where after Emma has been, has found out that the entire town has pranked her. Um, <laughs> pranked by the town. The entire town. Uh, they're like trying to get her to like go on television and tell her story, mm-hmm. which number one, what will that accomplish? Because I'm relatively sure this is probably happening all over Twitter. <laughs> That's how they find it. It's trending on Twitter. Exactly. And like we see Kerry Washington like giving statements to the press and that kind of thing after the prank happens. So like you know this shit is already happening. Like we know that this shit's trending on Twitter. I digress. But yeah. like I don't understand what the again, I I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish. And this is um when Nicole Kidman is trying to get her to like tell her story and she's trying to like fi- tell her to find her inner strength to like come forward essentially. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure what this note refers to, but this camera work, like it's slow motion music video, insane. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but um, I was mad. At- I will say Ryan Murphy, Ryan Murphy loves to spin around two people talking. He loves to do a full 360, make me fucking nauseous as hell, spinning all around the screen like we're just whirling, like we're on the fucking Titanic. Unbelievable how much he spins. I am going to say this, and I'm going to mean it with every single breath. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this with my full chest. (laughs) Ryan Murphy is to gay people what Michael Bay is to straight people. (laughs) 
Michael Bay, as a director, Michael Bay as a director, if you ever watch any of his movies, the camera literally never stops moving. Yeah. Yeah. He is constantly zooming in, very zooming kinetic, out. Getting plans. It's a very, he's a, it's a very kinetic, like cinematography. Mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy does the exact same. You're so right. Thing. You're so right. The, the camera is never still. Yeah. We're always pushing in. We're always pulling out. We're always circling. We're coming around the side of you are so right. It's never static. It's never just one. And I think that's what takes away from the weight of those emotional moments. Because exactly. we don't ever get to just sit with a moment. Like I would love to just sit on a wide shot or on a close up of Meryl Streep's yeah. face as she's monologuing. Like not Absolutely. go not to go full Les Mis, you know, Fontaine, but like Of course. But you know what I mean? Like deliver us that that yeah. emotion and, and we can't because we're already moving on to the next scene or we're already moving right. to another corner or we're cutting to someone's reaction to the thing that's irrelevant. I don't need to see how James Corden is in taking someone else's story i don't give a fuck about james corden exactly um i'm yes i'm so right i'm so glad you feel the same way because like again it's that whole thing of like we're having we're having this problem where the emotional beats just aren't landing Mm -hmm. if you just let them breathe a little bit they'll land just for a second it just we just but we have to stop for a second to, to process um and yet this movie still feels interminable so i'm not sure how he's achieving this state this situation yes we have so much background on meryl street she gives four different monologues about her Mm -hmm. life story all the trauma that she has encountered suddenly we're now in a hotel with her and james corden watching uh romantic movies like rom-coms chick flicks and she's like and james corden's like you're still in love with your ex-husband i'm like who what where did this come from and what and how? And here's another question. And why? And why? why? And what does this have to do with Emma and the problem? Right. What's going on? We Again, have like seven excuses a, for Meryl Streep's behavior. Exactly. And the same with James Corden. Like we have so much backstory on James Corden and on mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. But mm-hmm. Nothing. We, spend, we spend all of 15 minutes with Emma. Yeah. Oh, and even less with Alyssa. Yeah. Alyssa has one song and like two scenes where she's like, well, I can't be gay. And we're like, okay, expand more on that. I would love to see more of your relationship with your mother, but we can't because we have to listen to Meryl Streep's fourth monologue about how she hates her fucking ex-husband. Oh my God. When she says, my little delicate blueberry heart and squished it. Uh, what are we doing here folks what the fuck are we doing here oh my god they've been in this town for three days and keegan michael key is in love full-on head over heels love with Meryl Street. Love. yes <laughs> though to be fair if i were also had to spend like three days with patty Lapone, i would also probably fall madly in love with her oh a thousand percent a thousand percent. i mean like no i'm, questions I'm, asked for I'm sure. mad enough to admit that <laughs> i can i can say that um i, can that. I this show is so much lesson after lesson after lesson to be learned yeah here's a trauma and the solution here's another trauma and the solution it's like watching an entire season of drag race mirror talks condensed into two hours literally i had an eating disorder i was gay and my parents kicked me out i was gay and in the military i was gay right. and didn't have any friends i was fat <laughs> like i i can't watch two hours of learning lessons very special episode psa bullshit like we have one thing here yeah. and i think we can talk about lots of other things but i don't need 
it's too easily solved, I think is my problem. They're bringing up these complex issues and traumas and not giving them any stake. Like, it's just like, this is my problem. And now I'm over it. Like, oh, right. Well, that was quick. Why'd you even bring it up? I don't Again, care about this. Like, we don't necessarily need James Corden to go and reconcile with his mother. What you could have done instead is have that moment of like that pain, have him and Emma have a scene together where it's like an older gay man, gay person speaking to the younger generation saying, I've been there. Let's talk about it together. <laughs> like that is a better, that would have been a better way to use that story point than to yes. have this reconciliation storyline. I just realized no one could see me like nodding emphatically at you. Like, <laughs> okay, I've been doing yes, the same thing a thousand percent. You. I'm very agreeing. Um, yeah, it's it's so it just doesn't doesn't make any yeah. sense. Um, the, there's a I think it's the Alyssa Green song. Um, mm-hmm. They go from sobbing like the emotions that the actress who plays Alyssa Green is delivering to then immediately turn on a dime and go into this weird pop song fight was so un it was jarring like you need to have that sobbing point be after the song or during the song the song is way too high energy for the level of emotion and gravitas they were doing right before the song kicked in that it just felt like a weird i was felt like two different things were happening and they were jamming together yeah and i felt like we're talking about the Alyssa green song right i think so yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it was yeah because I also felt like that song like kind of ended on a really weird, abrupt note. Yes. Yeah. It was all very abrupt. Like every part of it felt very like jarring. Yeah. And I wanted more of that because I, again, I want to know more about the the two girls. Yeah. I want to know about their relationship. How long have you been together? How does it work? Yeah. What are you they, like? I mean, like they said they had been together for like a year and a half now. And I'm like, okay, I have been in a relationship where you have to keep it secret for yeah. an entire year. Yeah. Like, that like that comes with some like heavy fucking shit like Speak let's go into that, that a yeah bit. exactly like you haven't been out to your mom for a year and a half like how are you keeping that secret and your exactly. extracurriculars and like what are I, mean, I don't need to know the nitty-gritty but i'd love to just get a little more insight on how you've lived your life why is it so important for Alyssa to come out at this prom why right. is that so important to both of you that exactly you're willing to walk away and, and like and i get it maybe emma wants to be out and wants her partner to be out then we need to have that i want to see that conversation between the two exactly. characters like i but need to know what the stakes about, are right but all they're talking about is this was the plan this is what we were going to do and yeah. you you backed out and of you the bailed. plan like and you bailed like that's all we get between the two girls and i'm like there's so much more here yeah let's unpack <laughs> let's unpack a little deeper just i would love and maybe we don't see andrew randall sing at a monster truck rally or watch right. nicole kidman dip her little fingies into a pint of ice cream and instead we get some emotional <laughs> stakes i don't know spit on here god am i reaching for the stars here okay no idea what prompted this note what restaurants are in malls now but i was very annoyed by whatever restaurants was were it, happening in the mall because was it when they were at uh when it was one it was uh Andrew Randall's like meets the kids in the yeah. food court. Yeah, in the food court. There was some, it was like, I couldn't even tell what the restaurants were, but when I, in my mall, in my mall, we had Sabaro, oh, Charlie's, like garbage <laughs> shit. Orange oh, Julius mixed with a Taco Bell. Like, oh, hell yeah. These seemed way too nice. I don't even remember. Someone go back to that scene and take a screenshot for me of the, the <laughs> restaurants that were back there because I was like, 
no, that's not that's not what goes into a mall food right. court. It's I, trash at the mall food court. It was it's a really trash. It was a really weird moment. The mall stuff was really weird because, like, we've been in a fucking pandemic where we haven't left our houses in a year. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Remember malls existing? Remember being that close to other people without a mask? Uh, Remember walking around just in in public, like, because you could? Was that the mall? Was the mall song the one about, like, the Bible's dumb rules? Yes. I, okay. Epic Facebook clapbacks from 2008. Thank you. Um, I have many thoughts about the song. Number one, I think it's great. Andrew Rannell's amazing performer, um, as always. Andrew Rannell's Slade, for sure. The song itself is like amazing, and I love it. And it's uh, it was really fun. And um, <laughs> I love that Andrew Rannell's is just always singing about Jesus for some reason. He can't, the man can't help it. He looks like the a choir boy. Looks like a he damn does. cherub. <laughs> um, but I... Do people think that this strategy of arguing moral reasoning works? Because I'm going to tell you right now, folks, pointing out that people are hypocrites does not change their minds about their hypocritical stances. And also, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like at this point, these points are so, like I said, epic Facebook clapbacks from like 2008. They're so right. old that now we we have people who are biblical scholars who are like yeah the thing that you're citing is bullshit anyway like we don't need to go to all the other rules that are bullshit when we can just say that thing that you're citing was incorrectly translated like right i don't know i i just feel like there's an easier way around like the song is fun i just was like okay yeah but we know i don't know a lot of this feels very dated and maybe it's just because they were writing it and it takes so long to get a musical to Broadway absolutely. that they could have absolutely written this in 2010 and it didn't premiere until 2008 or yeah. 2018. So it was, you know, relevant at the time. To me, it just feels a little like stale. Like we absolutely. We, we know. We know. We've all been on right. Facebook for uh, nearly 15 years now. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. We've all done this round and around. We've all had these conversations with our shitty relatives. And like, yeah, totally what you're saying. Like, do you really think arguing moral conflict like logistics is is gonna work because it's right it because hasn't so far it's not working in real life like we can say that lindsey graham is a hypocrite as much as we want sure. he's doesn't never affect, going to change doesn't affect the power structure like exactly. and it doesn't affect the people who want to vote for like people will cognitive dissonance yeah. themselves out of anything if, if oh, this year has proved nothing else um, <laughs> uh, it was a fun number it's, yeah i'm not saying that it's not fun it's i not love cat- the big group and moving through the mall and the big mount the big fountain dance like it's fun right. it's a really fun number for sure 100 um i don't know if this is about andrew randall's the actor or the character because i did not write anyone's names down <laughs> i don't know anything about andrew randall's and i love that for me i think i'm referring to him as a celebrity like i don't know if he's mean i don't know if he's nice oh, i don't know anything about him and i love that i need to know you less know, about too. celebrities you know yeah. Absolutely. 100%. He doesn't get into any kerfuffles. He's not like Chrissy Teganing all over the internet. He's just like a man who gets his shit done, goes to work and pays the bills. And I love that. It's honestly great. (laughs) I wish more celebrities like that. I do want to say that at one point, Meryl Streep's character said something like, I'm a celebrity. It's always about me. Yeah. And I was just like, that is an absolute skewering Uh of those damn yokels that thought that 
singing Imagine to us at the beginning of a pandemic was what's was going to save our fucking lives. Would, would keep us in our houses. Um, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Gal Gadot. I'll cry into my pile of millions as well. Right. Um, the scene where they're trying to raise money for something and... Uh, Meryl Streep has to renegotiate her divorce. So yes. She gives up her house in the Hamptons. The scene where she is screaming at Emma, you own yeah. me a house, should win her an award. Unreal. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Yes, that God. was so funny. I like her could unbuttoning, not live. Half, unbuttoning her blouse and being like, you owe me a house. You owe me a house! It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Like, imagine being the person who plays Emma and just having Meryl Streep full force scream at you. I would die. Oh would my die? God. Unbelievable. I would pay for that. She I would did, pay for that. <laughs> I would forego my pay, give it to Meryl for the pleasure. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. And then Emma's like, I'm going to do this my way. And she, it gets better <laughs> herself onto the internet. And we have a montage. We have, have, we have to have our fucking dear Evan Hansen moment. <laughs> and we have a montage of gay teens smiling at a blog from another gay teen. Just... <laughs> Just smiling at their laptops, nodding knowingly okay. with their as, with as their purple gay- hair and their painted fingernails, which is how <laughs> we know they're gay. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say this: as a gay teen who used to read blogs from other gay teens, that is exactly how I consumed that media. <laughs> just sitting in your bed with your twinkle lights behind you, nodding onto your laptop, yes. smiling. Yes. <laughs> We are gay. We are gay. <laughs> Please tell me more about the strappy underwear that you bought in Europe. <laughs> oh boy. Um, oh my God. And they're like, so then the celebs are like, we're going to throw our own prom, uh, which they can do, I guess, because they just put up a fuzzy card on a town bulletin board that said prom. And so now the prom is back on prom point yeah. two. Um, Oh, um, I also we, going back to the Dear Evan Hansen moment. Yes, I, <laughs> I, this is this is just a, a little letter to the rest of the writers out in the world. Basically, actually, no, everyone out in the world, please fucking retire the phrase "broke the internet." <laughs> I'm begging. I, I am begging I'm you. Begging. If I ever have to hear somebody say "you broke the internet," "you won the internet." Um, congratulations, you are today's internet winner or like anything like that. I will literally come to your house and stone you myself. <laughs> I will bring a lot of rocks and I'll a lot of rocks. with them <laughs> until you die. I am tired of it. <laughs> yeah, broke the internet needs to go. I We're also done. don't love your viral which I know is a more like appropriate term for what yeah. we're talking about. That's the correct term for broke the internet. But like, shut the man fucking hedgehogs go viral like shut the fuck up (laughs) a cat with a genetic defect can go viral i don't care that you i got really mad at that (laughs) because james corden said it to emma at one point i was like oh i'm gonna throw my computer across the fucking screen i'm telling you it feels like all of this dialogue was written eight years ago like eight to ten years ago it's just like okay yeah that was a so of a time like at some point someone says epic like it's just if they'd made yeah. a reference to bacon, I would have been like, "Well, that's the trifecta." So put this in the 2010 box. Like, what the put fuck? It in the, put it in the movie. Oh, baby. You need someone with a mustache on their finger, and we're done. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't. This movie is people being psychotic to each other in escalation. I don't Absolutely. know what prompted that, but I feel like they're all doing this weird shit to each other. That's like, this is good for you and will help you grow, but it's actually just insane shit. Like sure. calling your bigot mom to come see you at a high school 
after 25 years. Right. Very weird. Um, um, I, yeah, I, okay, so I'm actually, <laughs> should have done some research before this, but this is apparently based on an actual instance. This did happen in 2010. What did I tell you? Am I a fucking genius at times so or what? In uh, Fulton, Mississippi, a girl in 2010 had plans to bring her girlfriend to her senior prom. Um, and in response, they were banned from attending attending by the school board. They challenged the decision. They decided to cancel the, years, the prom. Then um, the ACLU sued the school district. The federal court found that they were violating her First Amendment rights. Um, but the school didn't force the school district to reinstate. Um, and then they actually did pull the fake prom that was attended by only seven students, two of whom had learning disabilities. The fake prom was held at a country club, while the quote-unquote real prom organized by parents was held at a secret location. See, I think that would have hit a little harder. If you had like just a couple other people... That would make it more believable to me. Like other yeah. people came in, you fucked over, not just like, I mean, yeah, fuck over Emma, but like other kids who were losers. That's what I'm saying. Like all the kids were in on it. Like, you know, right. there's losers besides Emma losers. Right. I'm putting in quotes here, but that would have made that scene hit a little bit different, you know? Um, yeah. But okay, interesting. Um, Keep going. They never say when the musical is taking place. Right. So it very well could be taking place in 2010. Sure, but- sure. I feel like everything is kind of like, I don't know, everything feels so modern. Mm-hmm. Everything gets mashed together. I feel like Eleanor is making fun of Hamilton. Yeah, absolutely. So th- I guess that's why I was thinking it was more modern. Because I'm like, that's clearly a jab at Hamilton. Right. Um, I don't know. It was, yeah, it could take, you're right. I'm being a little bit annoying by being like, it's so <laughs> of a time and it could just be in that time. But I think right. I think for me, it's just hard because we're not, far enough out of that like there are still people who talk like that and are earnest about it not being ironic and referencing that time if that makes sense so it's still cringe (laughs) like this is so (laughs) stupid the layers of this it doesn't matter uh the internet is a joke and a scam it's okay and one day we'll break it um Hopefully. I like when hey, this... we didn't get canceled for six, so we probably won't get canceled for that. <laughs> I like when the ragtag bunch of uh, very wealthy individuals um, tell everyone their scheme. <laughs> and yes. we're going to put on our own prom. And I'm like, yeah, you're celebrities. You have millions of dollars. This can't exactly. be difficult for you. <laughs> You'll just tell your assistants to do it. I don't feel bad for you. Right. Um, I love when the teens apologize for their sins. I'm sorry that we had a different prom without you. I'm like, kids don't fucking do that. (laughs) Teens are some of the meanest people on the planet. They're not going to apologize for that shit. (laughs) They don't give a fuck about you or your family. Uh, Oh, so this is at the, this is at the celeb prom now, right? Carrie Washington. Getting ready for the celeb prom. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Carrie Washington shows up to the celeb prom and she is at a 10 and it is unhinged. Carrie Washington at this this prom. Um, uh, James Corden brought his old bigot mom to the coming out party. Cute. <laughs> That's who um, I want. And this is the moment when this is like the one time in the show when we actually get to see like, I think like Carrie and Alyssa interact a couple of times, but they're uh-huh. very short scenes Yeah, where it's like sort of just her mom talking about like, it's more about Emma than it is about Alyssa. Right. Like it's more about like the whole prom situation than it is about like Alyssa or like their relationship. Maybe their relationship. Um, this is like the one scene that we get mm-hmm. where 
the two, it's like actually the two of them interacting and we see a little bit more of their relationship. Yeah. Like the, the, one of the most cutting moments is when Carrie Washington says, I don't, I just don't want you to have a hard life. And Alyssa says, I already do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that is such a cutting moment Mm -hmm. and it is such a strong moment. And like, you can have more of that. And I, I want more, more of that. Of that. <laughs> like, give me more than just that. a couple of moments to nibble on. Like yeah. I want a full meal yeah. of like this kind of relationship. Between I the two do of love that. confront your mom at the prom, work out your family issues in front of the whole school. Holy shit. I when live. they, when she shows up at, when Carrie Washington shows up at the prom and they're like, Alyssa, look, your mom is here. And literally everyone in the room is fucking watching them. <laughs> Did you hear Alyssa's mom is here? Let's go check it out. Let's go check it out. And they're just like kikiing in front of literally everyone. The I, whole am, crew. I was gagged. Just work through your family issues there. And then her mom is like weirdly understanding. I feel like it was too easily resolved, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just yeah. misinterpreted that. I don't know. I was just like, wow. I did feel like she did say like, we have a lot to talk about, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm here to support you essentially. Yeah. yeah. So like, I feel like, Not that we need to get into that much trauma, but I would have loved the celebs like stepping up and saying like, I don't know, I would have loved a moment from James Corden even being like, I walked away from my parents. Like, yeah, uh, my mom hasn't been in my life for 30 years because of the choice she made to not accept me. Like, let's let's bring the stakes to to, uh, Alyssa's mom, to Carrie Washington and say, your choice here is this is the end. The end is we don't talk for years and we reconnect at a high school prom in Indiana. (laughs) And you're wearing a very bad wig. (laughs) Right. And like, if you're going to have these moments where you have the like traumatic stories, like we're hitting almost every single fucking level of gay trauma. We got virgin therapy. (laughs) We got kicked out of your prom. We got fucking kicked out of your home. All we need is a little bit of AIDS and we got all of them. Like, (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And the only reason there wasn't AIDS is because it was lesbians. Let's be honest with ourselves. Correct. (laughs) But I'm just saying is that like if you're gonna have these moments of trauma and you're gonna have them play major parts in the show, we need to have them pay off. And they just it doesn't. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with you. Um I hate when kids in high school say I love you and I'm supposed to be like moved by high school children telling each other that they love each other. Sure. Ma'am, ma'am, I know you're going to break up in three weeks at barn warming. Please. I don't need to hear that you love her. But daddy, I love him. Bitch, you are 16. No, you don't. You never, no, you fell, you never, you never fell in love never. super hard at 16. I never, I never have been in love. <laughs> no. no. Bitch, you're hearing it here first. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I... Uh, no, I was I never was in love in high school. I Okay. No. So, I don't know. I'm just always like I guess to me it's just I'm never moved. I'm like I don't know if they were like, "Yeah, let's be together." I would appreciate it more or I'm coming out and like I want to be with you and just you. I don't know. I'm just like never that impressed when high schoolers are like, "I love you." I'm right. like, "Yeah, okay. You're going on dates to the roller rink. Like we all love each other at the roller rink. Come on now." Right. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a grump is mostly what it is. Uh, I understand. I love that um, Emma is wearing a dumb and dumber suit to the prom. Uh, oh, yeah. That was that was a good moment. Congrats like to her that. for that. We do a quick morals wrap up. I wrote, thank you, Tin Man, Lion, Scarecrow, click, click, gay. 
<laughs> Inscrutable. I love that. But she's not. She like turns to each of them again. Like, oh, so yeah. her redo from the parking lot fake prom where she's yeah. like, thank you for teaching me art and thank you for teaching me drama. I don't know. That's it's funny. weird. Um, oh, so annoyed when Dee Dee and the principal do that turn back, grab you by the arm, kiss you. Uh, But that's also, as previously stated, their relationship freaks me out. I do know that about you, yes. (laughs) I did scream, no. uh. (laughs) I don't understand why that relationship freaked you out so much. I had no problem with it. I don't either, but I did not like it. I was like, no. Uh, Didn't care for it. Anyway, and then we're supposed to know what happens to them after. And I think I was too fucked up at this point to remember what happened. It wasn't necessarily what happened to them after. It just kind of showed scenes at the prom of them like dancing or like kissing or that kind of thing. But then it was like Trent becomes the drama teacher. And oh, I don't. I Yeah, that was like a weird moment where they're like, Trent, you should be our drama teacher. And then he (laughs) said, "Okay," And then he could like, yeah you're hired and then some i think meryl streep is like as a temp and he's like oh obviously i was like what is happening (laughs) i just was so confused of like what is going on it's a weird ending oh i do want to say one last thing i was mad that Alyssa wore her hair down and long with two little barrettes to the prom okay that is disrespectful to me and my loss of skull density from years of having bobby pins jammed into my head for updos at the prom. <laughs> Bitch, you don't wear your straight long ass hair to the prom with one little barrette. <laughs> you gotta have at least a braid. Oh my god. Lots of skull density. <laughs> I would love to see you get a lot of bobby pins jammed into your head. See how your skull fares. See if you don't have a bunch of little dents, little pivots all over your head. Divots. That's what I mean, not pivots. <laughs> Like a fucking golf green up there. Yet again, Meryl and I are asking for representation. (laughs) Please, someone. (laughs) I want to see the Bobby Vin struggle of the youth. I need to see her getting up for her 10 a.m. hair appointment and trying to eat with her press-on nails before the prom. Oh, my God. Please. (laughs) Those are my people. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Connor, any last thoughts before we wrap up? No, I think I uh, we hit it pretty much. Yeah. All right, man, and share this for me. So I was I'm relatively mixed on this movie because like there are really good moments mm-hmm. and like I can see the charm. Mm-hmm. I can see like why people liked it so much when it was on Broadway, and um, like there are moments where it kind of starts to sparkle through. But then I don't know if it's Ryan Murphy's direction or if it's the performances. Something always usually gets in the way of it shining completely. Um, and I, I also, of course, have notes about the structure and some of the stakes and just some of the story in general. I think, like, I would, again, I would like to know more about Emma and Alyssa, spend less time with Meryl and James Corden. And, um, and like, I, I don't know, maybe rework the structure so that, like, the big reveal kind of happens more after we're emotionally invested in Emma and Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, those are essentially my notes. I think that there's a lot of charm and a lot of heart there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think it translates in the movie. For sure. For sure. Meryl, man in chair. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend this movie for sure. Uh, <laughs> simply wouldn't suggest you spend your time watching this. Um, I want to see the show. I would love yeah. to see the show and right. see what got lost in translation. Um, 
I think a lot of it has to do with Ryan Murphy's uh, direction, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, and the choice to chast- the, the choice to cast James Corden, I think, was not the right one. Yeah, um, no, I don't think that that worked. I think that this, but but the show, the, the movie was written by the same people who wrote the story for yeah. the, the musical. <clears throat> so I think my biggest critique is just that it tries to take on too much. We, like you said, we hit every gay trauma. Right. Save AIDS. Like, that's too much for one show to tackle, I feel. Right. And, and it wasn't utilized, like you said, in a way that paid off. It didn't bring any emotional stakes to any other relevant parts of the show. It didn't make me feel closer to any of the characters. It just made me feel like I should feel bad for not knowing these lessons that I do already know. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. didn't feel – it didn't feel earned. It felt very self-righteous. Um, I wanted to like it so much because there, like I said, like right at the beginning, there were some jokes and throughout there were jokes that landed for me that I liked, but I just felt like it kept getting in its own way. And I know Ryan Murphy didn't write this, but I find that to be the case with a lot of Ryan Murphy projects. So I'm not sure how much input he had on the script, but I find that to be the case a lot of the time with Ryan Murphy where he just can't stop winking at the camera. It's too knowing in a way that is an is grading to me and i felt that in this movie as well um i agree with that completely but if you've seen the show and you like it uh let us know i'd love to talk about the show and how it's different from the movie um i went into this show being told by a friend um whose podcast i'm going to listen to after this they also covered the prom it's called uh, under the under the bleachers is the name of the podcast so she uh she dm'd me on twitter and was like i was very psychically traumatized by, (laughs) by this movie and i first of all that's the greatest statement Possibly Love it. I've ever heard. Um, so I was prepared to be psychically traumatized. And I feel that that was not an, ac- an inaccurate uh, statement. Yes. <laughs> I don't feel I personally don't feel traumatized, but I can see how it would be traumatizing. I was mostly <laughs> just annoyed. But I think that's because I had enough substances in my body to offset the traumatization. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, Connor, <laughs> anything to plug? No, as usual, you can find me across all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at CRelia12. And uh, that's it. Meryl, anything for you? Nothing for me. You can find this podcast across all platforms at BitsOverBWay. Um, you can email us, BitsOverBWay at gmail.com. You can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash BitsOverBWay. You can find us anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you find it, we're there. And if we're not, uh, you can email us and tell us to get there and we'll do it. Um, that is all I have. Okay. Bye. Bye. Tom Cruise locked her in a closet until she spoke like an American.